A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This is it. The time has come. Saturday night's all right for fighting. Push him down. Get in the ring and go the distance with Fight Night with Adam Catterall and Gareth A. Davies. You're better than that. On Talk Sport. Welcome to the Fight Night Podcast. I'm Adam Catterall. Thank you very much for making that decision and downloading our weekly Fight Sports content. It's here every single week for you. All you've got to do is hit subscribe on iTunes or go to our website, talksport.com, where you can get yourself an Android feed. So if you need Spotify or anything like that, it's all there for you. All the buttons are there. Just make sure you're a part of it because every single week we bring you closer to Fight Sports action. Now, I know there's not a lot of fighting going on at this moment, but that doesn't stop us talking about the greatest sport in the world. Uh, and this week we had a plethora of guests to get through, one of which was the General Secretary of the British Boxing Board of Control. Robert Smith came to join myself and Gareth for a conversation about several things, including Billy Joe Saunders, Scott Fitzgerald having the licence suspended, and when he expects boxing to be back. Donald Trump has held a conference call today uh, with the UFC, uh, with WWE, and he wants to try and get the schedules for sports and crowds back to arenas in maybe August and September. And what we're wondering is, what's the what's the schedule, what's the structure for the Boxing Board of Control to look at getting fans back to events? Well, I think I'd rather listen to the medical authorities, to be honest with you. Um, and we are speaking to them, are speaking to doctors on a regular basis with regard to this. Um, we are listening to the government, etc. Um, and I think it's very difficult. We're in the same position as everybody else. We really don't know. Um, there's certainly no boxing in, in April. I'm fairly confident there's going to be no boxing in May. And then, you know, I think June, I think you have to be very wary there's going to be no boxing in June. And obviously I've spoken to all the, certainly spoke to all the promoters we're running in April and May. They understand the position. Um, and we'll have to look at June. But I think June is very... Uh, but iffy anyway at the present time. Then we've got to look at July after that. But we've just got to take the advice from the experts. We're, you know, we can deal with boxing, but we've got to listen to the experts, and that's the most important what, people we listen is to. There a danger, is there a danger, Robert, that when, when it, say, let's say it does come back in September for, for, for argument's sake, is there a danger that so many, or what is the danger? What's the, what are the pitfalls if so many promoters... Uh, want to bring their, their events back immediately in September? 
Well, the, the biggest problem we have at the present time, really, was obviously people aren't training, um, uh, and you know, and as we made the decision previously, if you remember, Gareth, I spoke to you not so long ago. We were hoping to get another weekend out of this, um, but we had to consider all the medical implications, etc. And we will still have to consider the medical implications. And you know, once a lockdown is, is, is lifted, there is no way that boxing can start the next day because we have to have everything in place, and most importantly, we have to have the qualified medical personnel there and the hospitals been able to take us. If, God forbid, anything goes wrong with the boxer, it's all very well saying we can ship them to, to, the, to the hospital, but the hospital's got to be able to take them and treat them. That could be some time off. Um, and, you know, I just listen to the news like everybody else does, and that could be a way, a, a, quite a way off, and we've just got to take, take the advice as we do every single day. One of the things that you and I spoke about, and we, we did speak together exclusively uh, a few days ago, was was that it may become mandatory now for everyone involved in an event, from doctors to boxers to trainers to the staff to your logistics staff, maybe even to anyone that's in close quarters with the boxers, that they, they all have to test positive as part of their medicals, sorry, have to test negative as part of their medicals for COVID-19. Yeah. I mean, that's something that we, we did talk about. That's something we would have to consider. I, I don't think we need to consider the present time. I think, I think, I think when you look, watch the news at the moment, the NHS are having, having difficulties getting all the, all, all, all the qualified people tested themselves. So I think we're way down the line on that. But I certainly think we have to look at it. But then again, I'm also told there's a number of tests you have to do or there's a number of tests to pick, uh, to choose from. So, you know, again, we will have to take advice from our medical people, our, our chief medical officer, and our advisors, etc. But it's not something we can just say, yes, we're going to do that, because, because it's possibly not possible to do that. But obviously, once you do, if you decide to do boxes, you've got to do trainers. How far do you go? Do you do managers? Do you do the ringmaster whip? Do you do the promoters? Do you do the officials? And how far do you go down the line? So that's a very difficult... That's a, that's a very, it's a, it's a, it is quite an important thing to consider, but it's not as easy as just clicking your fingers and getting it done. There are 1,200 registered licensed uh, boxers in the UK. You and I spoke about this, or we touched on this uh, the other day. Serious question. Is there a potential decimation of the sport if the sport cannot come back with crowds for a very long time? Boxing will survive. Uh, I'm very confident boxing will survive. However, it will have casualties. Um, and we all know that it's just we're, we're a business, so it's, it's a sport, but ultimately it's a business. And we will have casualties, and some promoters will go by the wayside, and we understand that, and we will try to help the best we can. But if you can't deal with it, unfortunately, you'll go. Boxers will, boxers will be exactly the same. It's a very hard-nosed point of view, but that is a fact. Um, it, is, it is a business, um, but you know we'll try to help anybody we can. But yes, boxing will suffer. Um, but I do think boxing will survive. Um, and more importantly, you know, it's the health of the nation, the health of the world is more important than boxing at the present time. And I think we should be concerning ourselves on that more than boxing at the present time. Robert, this, uh, it's been a difficult week for you in some ways because you've had to handle extraneous matters as well. The suspensions of Billy Joe Saunders and Scott Fitzgerald. Um, what's your view on... Uh, what uh, Billy Joe Saunders did with the video. We touched on it at the top of the show. Uh, what's your take on this? Well, I mean, it has been a difficult week. 
Um, I think that, you know, when everything's on lockdown and you've still got to deal with issues like that, it's very frustrating. And we, we do have a uh, problem with our sport. When things are going really well, we shoot ourselves in the foot. And I think we do that on a, uh, every now and again, which is very disappointing because boxing is popular. And it is good, for, you know, the people in the gym training is good for you. It's, it's good for mental health, doing something, etc. as well. And don't have to be a boxer to do that, but you can do boxing training, etc. But it is frustrating. Roberts. Um, Billy Joe, yes. Billy Joe um, has done, you know, is wrong. What he's done is wrong. He's admitted it. He's apologised. If you apologise for something, you admit you've done something wrong. And we will have to deal with that. And the timing of it is, it's not good timing whenever it is, but the timing of it is atrocious. And uh, we will have to deal with that at some point. And we're trying to get it done as soon as possible. But, of course, we're in a time now with unusual circumstances. You can't just organise a hearing to get people from all over, all over the country together. So I'll be working on that next week. Now, you will have seen on social media this week that Dave Allen has teamed up with Jamie Moore. Jamie Moore came for a conversation with myself and Gareth on the show this week, but we started by talking about his singing and his brand spanking new haircut. I've spotted that you've gone early as well with the with the haircut, mate. And I saw I've just seen a little video of you singing, uh, and somebody's somebody's taking a razor to your head, sunshine. You've gone old school. You've gone back to the old school fighting days of Jamie Moore. I, I, I certainly have, mate. What me, me son um, wanted all his hair uh, shaving off, and uh, I thought I'd just take one for the team and get done early doors like so. Uh, everyone thinks I'm making a comeback, but I'm way too old for that one. <laughs> as, as well as that, I've, I've uh, also seen that uh, to keep yourselves entertained, the boys at uh, the VIP gym up in Salford, the likes of the Framptons and the Rocky Fieldings of this world, have been putting together a little bit of a musical tribute. And you were getting involved with yeah. that as well, Sunshine. The dulcet yeah. tones were out. Well, we, was, uh, we was all on the, uh, on the gym WhatsApp group last night, just having the crack and as you know, uh, or as everybody knows all too well, Frampton loves the uh, sound of his own yeah. singing voice. Mm. So um, <laughs> there, was a few tunes, there was a few tunes knocking about and then we sort of came up with the idea, you know what we should do for the crack? You know, put a smile on people's faces just for a bit of a giggle. Um, do a bit of a song out and, and put a smile on people's faces. So so we all we, we all come to the agreement that Three Little Birds would be a nice one because of the wording of the songs. But it's also... Coming up to twelve months, that um, Oliver Addison passed away. Of course, my yeah. old mentor, and uh, and that was his, that was definitely his theme tune. So I thought it'd be pretty appropriate to uh, to do that for him as well. No, nice touch, mate. Uh, how are you finding this at the moment as a trainer, trying to keep your eyes on all those boys that you look after and girls as well? Um, yeah. I know that there's no scheduled fights at the moment. I know a lot of lads and girls have had their fights not back, but how are you keeping yeah. on top of everything? Is it basically leaving them to their own devices or touching base with them every single day to give them a little bit of something to do? What, what, how, are you, how are you running it, Jay? Yeah, well, to be honest, we're not, are we? And that's the thing. We, I, I'm pretty lucky in the sense that um, all, all of my guys who, who train in the gym, they're pretty disciplined and dedicated themselves anyway. So, um, so we've all had the conversation about, you know, what what they should be doing, and which basically is is just the general maintenance stuff. Um, there's absolutely no way that anybody could ever get a date. Certainly not set in stone uh, the way mm. things are at the moment. So it's just a case of keeping yourself at the sort of base minimum level fitness, and then you're in the best um, situation. Then that as and when any sort of dates come up, you're in a in a good situation to to be able to push on and get yourself 
to fight fitness. But um, some of the lads have got their own gyms in the garages and stuff, so so they're yeah. luckier than the others. Some of them haven't, so uh, so everyone's in different situations. But it's just like any sort of crisis situation. You just got to make best of what you've got. Mm. Um, evening, Jamie. How are you? Hiya, Gareth. You okay, mate? Yeah, very good, thank you. I'm in. I'm in day sixteen of my isolation, and uh, you know, I, I I don't train and fight for a living, and goodness knows um, how a lot of our guys are, and girls are struggling, and maybe not even mentioning it to people at the moment. I've everyone I speak to has got their own issues going on, and I I tend yeah. to speak to two people from the industry every day. What are you doing yourself to say? to stay fit, to stay mentally strong in in, in your own existence? Um, do you know, Gareth, to be honest, I'm pretty lucky uh, in the sense that I've always been real comfortable um, in my own company. Um, I quite actually like being alone. So so it's obviously different when you're forced into that situation. But yeah. but when it's when it's something that you enjoy doing anyway, then it's much easier to cope with than, than it is, say, if, if that's not something that you do by choice. So, mm. um, so I do... I do accept the fact that it is easier for me, but it's, you know, and even then, I, you are, I have had those days where you're thinking, "Oh, I just love to get out of the house and go and do, you know, whatever I love to do." Um, but we are looking in the, in the sense that we, we can still go out. You know, they've not been told you, under no circumstance you can't go. You can still go out for your exercise. You've yeah. just got to be sensible about it and keep your distance. Mm. Um, but the, 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 these are. Um, it's scary times, you know. I'm really surprised that there's not more people using the common sense and and just doing what they're supposed to be done. Because, you know, it is really for me personally. It's getting closer to home. You know, I'm hearing over the last couple of days about um, people, who, friends, close friends of mine, who, who people they know. So not somebody I know directly, but people who are being affected by it. And yeah. um, so, so then it really does start to at home. So, you know, it's just. It's tough, you know. So, so when you're talking about stuff like what do I do as a trainer? Um, do I lay out a, a training plan for, for my guys to try and follow some sort of thing? But I, I, I'm really of the mindset at the moment that there's more important things going on in the world. I'm, I'm more concerned about people's people's health and well-being. Mm. Um, I'm pretty sure that the the guys themselves are looking after themselves and keeping themselves occupied for no other reason other than out of boredom. They'll yeah. want to train because they'll want to keep themselves active. Mm. So so I'm pretty safe in that knowledge. But my main concern at the moment is people's health and well-being. And, and, and you know, as, as uh, obviously when everything gets back to normal, I'll be more concerned about boxing them. But my, the, the thought at the forefront of my mind at the moment is people's health. Well you, said, you've faced your own... Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely well said. You have faced... Um, had to face your own mortality when you were shot in Spain uh, all all those years ago. And has it hit home to you when you hear things like Adam Booth's father is in intensive care critical, that Anthony Yard uh, has lost his father and his father's mother in the last week? Um, Yeah, I know. It's so bad. Yeah, it's terrible. It's terrible. And, and, And I know because... You know, um, when we go through illnesses and we face our own mortality, it does change the way we think about things. And um, you've you've taken up recently, obviously, with Dave Allen. Um, yeah. And Dave is very open 
and it's well documented about his own addictions and his own mental health. Are you keeping a close check on him at the moment? Yeah, I mean, he's very, very new. So so in terms of keeping a close check, I wouldn't say I'm keeping a close check on him, but I'm certainly... Um, concerned about him and all the other fighters, as you say, you know, I've got ten professional fighters in my gym, and not just the fighters. I've got to be honest; I've been I've been in contact with, you know, people who are of the older generation, who mm. you know, my old amateur boxing coach, to be honest, um, people who I've known from boxing over the years who live in different areas, staying in touch with those sort of people because you know it's not just people who are close to who you speak to every day or every other day. Um, they're probably the ones who, who, who are doing best out of this situation. It's the ones who you don't speak to all the time and who probably haven't got the, the network of people around them. You've got to start trying start thinking outside the box. Yeah. So, um, so, so Dave, you know, Dave is pretty new to the gym, but but he's um, he's excited about coming to the gym. So he's got that little bit of a spring in his step, and I mean, you can see by his videos on Instagram and all mm-hmm. he's uh, he's got a bit between his teeth. So, so I am looking forward to. To getting to work with him, but um, but yeah, first and foremost, we've just got to get through this this terrible situation, and um, I don't think it's going to be happening anytime soon. To be honest, lad. No, I, I agree. Um, I, I know that obviously you've not had the opportunity to have him in the gym and, and do work with Dave, uh, but you've seen him, you've watched him, um, and when you see what he has done so far uh, in his career, now you're helping him get to whatever level that he, he wishes to achieve. What what do you think he needs to add to his game? to maybe go on to become a British champion? Um, well, I think what's stood out glaringly to everyone sometimes for Dave is his, his commitment to it. You know, it's obvious that he's got some talent. Without mm. a doubt, you, you can see that he wouldn't be competing or beating fighters that he has beaten if it wasn't the fact that he has got talent. But, um, but certainly commitment's been an issue in the past. Um, so that would be obviously something i try and address. Um, but... I think so. So I, I, I'm pretty good um, working with the fighters. I, I see look into the psychology of it. So the psychological side of it is massive, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. And if you can, if you can start thinking like the fighter, you can then start to look at which areas you need to work with them to try and coach them in different directions. A lot of fighters are very temperamental, and they're, they're stubborn. So they're stuck in their own ways, and they like to do things what they what they feel like it works and they don't want to be told what to do um you know it's a it's a bit of an alpha male thing so i'm not the sort of guy from a coaching point of view who, who stands there screaming and cracks the whip um far from it i'm the opposite end of that and and the reason i'm like that is because i feel like if you can get them on side and mm. you can get them to understand where you're coming from and the reason why they're maybe not doing as well as they could be doing if you can explain it to them and get get them to understand then don't forget at the end of the day they're the only person who can fix what's going wrong you can help them as much as you can possibly try but the the longer and short of it is they're the only person who can actually go out there and do it Mm -hmm. so if i can get them on side and get them to understand where they're going wrong and get them to make the changes rather than me trying to force it on them if i can get them to understand and make the changes themselves then you're halfway there then it's just got time. Um, don't forget, never nothing happens overnight. You've got to give them gradually, let them build into it because you shouldn't rush them into a, a big, massive change because 
again, psychologically, they're going to go, whoa, hang on a minute. You know, this is too much for me. I can't cope with this. And rightly so. You know, if you're just say, for instance, I'm trying to get Dave Allen to get fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so I, I think we all agree he could do with being a bit fair. Now, if I start trying to train him like Carl Frampton, Martin Murray, Rocky Field, yeah. Jack Carroll, all the fighters in my gym, mm-hmm. his body's going to go into shock. He won't possibly be able to do it. Plus the fact he's a heavyweight and you've got to be, you know, you have to adapt your training differently. So, so I would never try and do that because it'd be detrimental to, to him in the long run. So you've got to gradually build him in, ease him into it, get him enjoying boxing. I think that's another thing is he thinks that if he's going to take boxing serious, he has to be serious. Now, I, I, I've got a bit of a philosophy and it's probably not everyone's cup of tea. But I really believe you've got to enjoy boxing. You've got to go in there and have a laugh and enjoy it because mm-hmm. it's the toughest sport in the world. And if you're not enjoying it, then you're never going to get the best out of the fighter. You're so, you're uh, so psychological, you know, Jamie, because you know that Dave listens to this show every week and you know that. You're getting in his head right now, aren't you? <laughs> well, I didn't know that, to be honest with you. But, but we see, we've not, even had, we've, we've not even had the chance to have this full-blown conversation yet. So we're, so we're actually having it without him even understanding. That <laughs> He's on you're the page, so psychological. Can, can, can I, Adam, can I, with my regular thing that I started last week, what I want to know before Jamie goes, I know we've got to go to break. Um, what have you got in your fridge at the moment? And what's the <laughs> thing you can't touch? Well, you know, I, as considering it's Saturday night, I've got a few cold beers in there. Good lad. And, um, I'm going to crack a few open. Let me have, just have a quick look for you now. Leaky potato soup, <laughs> nice. Actimel yogurts. To, Beautiful. You know, that good bacteria to, to, for the immune system. Bit of bacon for in the morning. Um, pancake <laughs> mix for the kids and a chicken for Sunday roast. What, what more do you want? <laughs> One fighter who I've no doubt is frustrated at this moment is Josh Taylor, the unified, super lightweight champion. Had a fight scheduled for May the 2nd. It was his IBF mandatory defence against Kong Song in Glasgow. The fans were buzzing for it, but sadly, that's had to be put on hold because of coronavirus. We caught up with a Titan Tornado to see how he's getting on. Better fighter, can do it all. Can go on the front foot, can go on the back foot, I can fight. Best Scottish fighter since Ken Buchanan. Oh, and a big shot there at the beginning of the second round, and Taylor has him down and virtually out. I don't bother about being called a superstar. Really? I just want to be the best in the division, which I believe I am, so I can forget about being a superstar. I just want to be the best. Uh, in 2019, we crowned this man our Fighter of the Year. Not only did he become uh, world champion, but he also unified the division in a hell of a fight against Regis Progress, which we were delighted to be ringside for, for one of the best contests that we've seen on British soil for uh, such a long period of time. And I don't know if you've seen this, Gareth. We've just spoken to Jamie Moore about haircuts. He's done the same thing. I'll tell you something, he looks even more ferocious now <laughs> than Josh Taylor. 
he's gone he's gone for the coronavirus yeah. haircut. He's got rid of it. He's got rid of the lot, haven't you, pal? <laughs> yeah, I sure have. Sure have. <laughs> and uh, you know, I'm digging it as well. I feel pretty good with it. Feel pretty good, feel pretty sexy, you know. <laughs> was, it, was it the missus or did you do it yourself? Did you get it all done yourself, pal? Yeah, I started, do, I started doing it myself and then uh, the message was there by my side to do the back to the bits I couldn't see stuff so she finished it off but I've done it myself yeah. I put it on Instagram live yeah to, to to be fair, I've, got to a be lot fair. Of, I've got a lot of responses from it as well like I've got a lot of people um, sending me pictures and videos of them doing it after I did it as well so it was pretty good it was a wee bit of, a wee bit of crack so yeah it was good there you go. You started a trend. I tell you something. You've got some trust in your missus because if I let my missus do that, it'd be a right botch job at the back end, sunshine. I don't know what she'd do to me. <laughs> um, now then, in, in true obviously... Braveheart style, though, you should have left the stuff at the back. I reckon, you know, <laughs> just a little bit of a tail at the back. Yeah, I should have just done the bit at the top and then left the bit at the back. Yeah, it would have been pretty cool. A bit of the last of the exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> Josh, obviously you've recently been out in Las Vegas training with uh, uh, with Ben, working out there, because I know that Billy was obviously uh, preparing for the Canelo fight and then obviously everything got locked down and you're back home now, obviously self-isolating. But what was that like, obviously getting a proper, starting a proper camp out in Las Vegas ahead of your own uh, world title defence as well against Kong Song uh, that was scheduled yeah. for May the 2nd? Yeah, well, we were, we were already in sort of full camp anyway. We were in Manchester training away in full camp. And then obviously it come about that Joe was getting the fight, so we flew over to um, to Vegas for the, for the, to sort of base ourselves there for the next well, for the remainder of Billy's camp. So I would have been over there for like I think it was five weeks I was going over for, and then I would have flew over um, two weeks before my own fight. So um, it, it was good. It was going well. We were settling in, and then obviously everything coming about with the coronavirus so it, it wasn't great it wasn't great I had to I had to come back and obviously everything's on hold so yeah a bit, a bit of a nightmare but there's nothing that can be done about it everybody's in the same boat so no point in moaning about it No of course this was this was obviously your first camp with Ben how are you finding it? What, what new what new little tricks had he already taught a, a, a unified world champion? Yeah yeah it was good it was brilliant I was, I was learning a lot you know it was, we were starting to really gel together as well I was learning new things. The way we work together, we're starting to sort of learn each other. The way we sort of the way we tick, what makes each other tick and stuff, you know. So um, it was good. So on that sense, it is a, it is a very frustrating, but mm. obviously another sense of things that can't be helped as well. But um, yeah, it's, it's frustrating that even at times like this now, where I could be using this time to sort of uh, be in the gym, yeah, and training with Ben and learning new things and developing and, and sort of growing together you know but obviously we've been locked down I can't do that either so um, it's a pretty crappy situation to be honest uh, but you know just got to get on with it. Mm -hmm. How are you going to manage um, Josh the fact that you were fighting on May the 2nd in Scotland I, I think and he was going to be uh, Billy Joe Sauna's going to be fighting Canelo on May the 2nd in Las Vegas how we how had you planned to manage Ben not being able to be in two places at once? Well, what we were going to do is we were going to bring my, my amateur coach, um, Terry McCormack, in, who's in the corner in all my fights all the time anyway. Yeah. Um, and he's, he's known me since I was 17 years old. So um, he knows me inside out and, you know, and I trust him in my life. So we were going to bring him in um, sort of a couple of weeks beforehand just to see what we're working on tactically and finish the sparring on and stuff. And then 
go back home and finish my my um, my training with him and put, take him in the corner with me. You know, we we're going to do that. So um, it wasn't it wasn't too bad of a situation. You know, it wasn't ideal, but um, it wasn't it wasn't one that I was uncomfortable with. Um, we know that you've got one of the great chins in boxing. I had a fascinating conversation with Ben about you. Uh, I think it was after you'd all just got back from Las Vegas. And uh, correct me if I'm right or wrong, but Ben had also been working with you on... Now, we love the fact that you go into a tear-up, but working in the in the mid-range on, on swaying more from the waist and actually taking less punches. Is that true? Yeah, we were. We were working on a bit of a, you know, sort of widening shots and... and you know, a bit more basic, a bit more back to the basics. The stuff that I was already good at and was doing pretty well, but over my last couple of fights, I was kind of getting dragged in to yeah. fights a little bit too much and uh, neglecting my, my basic stuff a little bit more, you know, like my basic my basic defences and moving. So getting back to doing things like that, things that I was doing properly. And, um, you know, I felt good, you know, in the middle distance, using my feet and my feints, my head movement. Um, as I call it, my sort of Hank kind of movement, you know, um, as Carl used to call it. So, we were getting into doing that sort of stuff, and we were, we were getting into a good rhythm, and I was starting to feel really good, you know. So it's a bit of a yeah, shame. With, with a shame. If, if, if I can just jump in there one more time, Adam, just to, to move on to that a bit more, is that were you looking at people like Ronald Winky Wright, uh, Pernell Whitaker, different people like that, even Floyd Mayweather, who are able to stand in the pocket but able to, like you say, shield, but also faint and sway and ride out of the way and then come back with counters because you, you've got the most amazing counters and, and attacks. Is Are those the kind yeah. of people you were modelling on? Yeah, we're watching a little bit of Mayweather, a little bit of, you know, sort of Sugar Ray Leonard and things like that. And, you know, just, and also just sort of working on things that I already, already do pretty well. Um, but also I just forgot and kind of neglected a little bit in my last couple of fights um, and we're just sort of doing back to that and we're starting to get rolling and going fast and, and keeping what I'm good at as well you know, just working, making my strengths almost unbeatable and, and kind of working on the bits that I need working on as well and um, you know, we're, we're doing well and we're making good progress and so it's just a shame that this has happened and you know, even in this downtime I'm not even able to go down and train with them either because obviously not supposed to be, you know, so it's, uh, it's not great. It's, it's really frustrating at the time, at the time for the time being. Uh, now, apart from taking up hairdressing, Josh, obviously during the coronavirus uh, lockdown, uh, what else are you doing to uh, <laughs> occupy your time? Are you, have you taken up something in the in the kitchen, maybe a bit of cooking? Are you, I don't know, maybe becoming a master at chess or something? Um, you know, I make a I make a, a great pot noodle, to be honest. Like, <laughs> 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 uh, you know, I make a great pot noodle, yeah. and you know, I've got toast, but that's about it. Uh, my missus does all the kicking, the cooking. Um, but I do, I do want to learn. I do want to learn. You know, so. You're being looked after. Uh, listen, what are, what are you doing to occupy your time? And because it, listen, uh, boredom's I'm a thing, man. You know, I'm still keeping fit. I'm still keeping fit and, and doing my road work and going into the gym. And like um, Terry's gave me the keys for the gym, so it's a closed gym. Yeah. So I'm going in and going in, and still keeping fit and doing my road work and ground work and stuff like that. Um, also, do just doing a little bit, you know, home stuff. I got a lawnmower the other day, so. Uh, <laughs> and stuff like that so do a few bits, bits like that just to, to keep the mind occupied 
Well, this is it. Me and, me and Gareth are pitching ideas for TV companies for new TV shows. At home with Josh Taylor, a bit of gardening. You could be the new Titchmarsh. That's what we'll do, mate. We'll get you out in the back garden. Yeah, just oh, got, a good, got a good, yeah, got a good uh, lawnmower and uh, <laughs> uh, a trimmer and a, a trimmer and trimmer and all that. So be doing, be doing. If you want your garden done, give us a shout. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I need my whole, I need my whole, I need my whole paddock done. Look, oh, before you go, because I've got to don't ask start everything. With I, 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 um, it, it takes a day. Um, the, the, the uh, what's in your fridge at the moment, Josh? <laughs> what is in that fridge? Oh, there's a, there's a actually, we've actually already had a couple of like dough balls and chicken nuggets and yeah. eating a lot of junk food at the minute. Pot noodles, pot noodles are in there, aren't they? Pot That's noodles and stuff yeah. like that as well. Yeah, um, <laughs> we're going to have a pizza for dinner tonight, um, yeah, and just uh, chill out a little bit, relax a little bit with the diet. I'm still eating relatively clean, but you know, still having a wee bit of relaxation as well because I seem to be finding myself at the the crisp cupboard in the fridge every ten minutes because I'm so bored. <laughs> Now, the man Josh Taylor beat recently was Regis Progress. He's over in the States preparing for a fight with Maurice Hooker, which was supposed to be going ahead in two weeks' time. Obviously, that's been put back as well, but what a fight that was going to be. Regis, former world champion. Maurice Hooker, former world champion. Going at it again. Surely the winner comes out of that with a shot at a world title once again. We fund the boy from New Orleans, who's now residing in California, for a bit of a chinwag. I just always enjoy my life. Like, I love boxing. That's the thing. It's like, I don't, I do it because I love it. He's literally a life punching bag in front of Prograde. Prograde with a combination of the body, followed by a straight left right on the midsection. I just do it because I love it. I'm really good at it, and I love the sport. I'm a historian. I know all about the sport. I know about the history. I go back all the way. Oh, big left hand. That stunned relic. And now the end may be near, and the corner is coming up. Boxing was something that, like, I love to get better at. I love to practice. I love to be in a gym. Just, you know, doing drills and, you know, that type of stuff. I just, I just love the sport more than anything else. I love it. Welcome back to Talk Sport. Regis Progress, how are you, sir? You good? I'm good, man. How y'all doing? We're very well indeed. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. Now, listen, before we get stuck into all boxing conversations, Gareth, I've just got to bring this up with Regis because... He's caused a few problems in my house this week. Now, at the start of the program, we were talking about <laughs> fighters being on social media and it maybe being a little bit too much for them. Regis' uh, Instagram is brilliant. It's really good. And if you're uh, a fight fan, most certainly go and follow Regis on Instagram because uh, a couple of weeks ago, Regis, it might actually have been the start of last week, everything's molding into one, um, you posted a video of yourself and your kids using your staircase as an amusement park, oh, yeah. as, a, as, as a roller coaster. Oh, yeah. Now, stu yeah. now stu stupidly for me, I watched that uh, at the same time that my daughter <laughs> sat with me. 
my daughter was sat <laughs> looking over my shoulder and I'm looking at your Instagram and she went, that's a great idea, daddy. I'm off. So she went out to the shed. She got the, the sledge that we normally use when it's obviously <laughs> when it's obviously snowing. She takes it to the top of our stairs and the next thing she knows, she's oh created her own God. little roller coaster courtesy of Regis Progress. So thank you very much for that, mate. <laughs> that, that's cool, man. It's not like y'all had a, a, a fun um, a fun quarantine then. <laughs> yeah, um, I had to explain to my wife why she nearly went through the front door a couple of times. But you know, thank you, thank you very much for uh, obviously passing those tips on. And as well as yeah, that, no, no problem. Just, just don't let your wife catch you. That's all. That's it. Um, and also, thank you very much for the uh, confessions of Rougarou as well, which you keep posting up on your uh, Instagram. You, you're kind of grassing yourself up, man. You're getting yourself in a lot of trouble telling you telling your audience of tales from the past. I know, right? Yeah, I, I mean, my even my daddy, he texted me. He was like, oh, be ca- kind of be careful about what you're saying and stuff like that, you know. Um, so, hey, it's it's quarantine time, so, you know, it's, it's nothing else to do right now. No, absolutely, mate. And I, I know that Gareth will be fully aware of this. Obviously, our good friend, uh, Melissa Takimoglu, who looks after our, a lot of PR, and she looks after you when you're in the UK, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Regis. I know that you, uh, you she, she wanted to conquer a fear recently, and I'm very jealous of the uh, fear that you enabled her to, to conquer, which was a bit of deep sea fishing. Is that right? Is that the right terminology for it? Oh, uh, spear fishing. Spear fishing. Spear we fishing. Yeah, spear fishing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's in the ocean near where you are in California. And you guys yeah. go literally fishing with a spear. Not with a fishing rod like most people do on a boat, uh, Regis. No. You decided spear to get di- yeah, exactly. deep down and dirty right into the ocean. Right into the ocean. You got to dive down. And the, the, really the crazy thing is, like, the video didn't show. So a, a sea lion popped up probably four feet right in front of our face. But the video didn't kind of, the, the video didn't show that at the time. But, yeah, it was, it was, she was scared out of her mind. She was, like, <laughs> like, like super scared or whatever. But, I, you know, I do that all the time. I do it by myself, and I play with them and stuff like that in the water. But, um, yeah, when we went out there, a sea lion, it popped. I'm talking about it was, like, right, like, probably like i said three four feet away from us and it popped right up and like they kind of curious they like dogs of the water and so <laughs> it popped up and was just looking at us and she was just so so scared it was so funny but she was like terrified is that is that something that you've always done as, as a pastime the the spearfishing or is it something that you've just recently taken up no it's recently um since i moved to la um basically yeah. you know um the ocean is right here you know we got the pacific ocean in my backyard so since I I, I kind of want to do it, I always want to do it. I saw videos on it and stuff. I was like, man, I want to do that one day. But, you know, when I was living in the south, in the Gulf Coast, in Houston yeah. and stuff, in New Orleans, um, they don't have that. You know, you have to go to, like, the ocean. So you got to go, you know, to, like, the like Florida or California, Hawaii or something like that, you know, or Mexico or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, yeah, so I couldn't. But now since I moved to L.A., you know, I'm now I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. Now, listen, next weekend, I was so excited about this fight because you were getting straight back at it, two former world champions going at it, and you would think the person coming out on top of that would be straight back in line for a shot at a world title. Uh, yourself mm-hmm. and Maury Sucker were scheduled for uh, April 17th. Sadly, it's obviously not going ahead because of the coronavirus. How are you dealing with everything at the moment? How are you keeping yourself busy? Because at some point, you would imagine that that fight's going to be rescheduled once the coronavirus ban is lifted. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, I feel like it's definitely going to be rescheduled. I mean, for me, I'm I'm still training. You know, I don't know how everybody else is doing with it. But, you know, for me, as far as, like, everything goes, I'm still training. I'm still in shape. Um, 
yeah, I've been working with different trainers and stuff like that. Some real good training. My 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 original my head coach. They went back to Houston. You know, once they found out that you know all this stuff is gonna be you know with the pandemic and stuff, they all when I was in training camp, we had to cut the training camp, and they went back to Houston. So yeah. for me, I stayed out here and I'm working with different coaches, and you know I'm still just I'm just working. I'm working on fundamentals and. For me, since the like since the Taylor fight, I just been just working, working, working. No matter what, if I have a fight or don't have a fight schedule, so um, it's kind of the same thing, you know. And I have, you know, I go to the gym. For me, I, I go to the gym at nighttime. I don't go when nobody's there. I only go. It's just me, yeah. the trainer, and you know. Sometimes I bring my kids, and sometimes I don't. So um, yeah, I, I kind of just been, you know, nonstop working. As I was evening, Regis. Um, as I was watching you career down twenty stairs, right, <laughs> in in your <laughs> plastic box, I was <laughs> thinking at the time, please don't break a leg or an arm here, because it's not yeah, a good yeah, time yeah. to go to hospital. Do you know what I mean? Now, Definitely I know you need break. to amuse yourself. No, it's true. But listen, I'm not trying to tell you off. Just be clear about that. But but I was concerned about you because you're the guy, remember, you and I have talked about this. You done wrestling with crocodiles. You done swimming with sharks. You done tickling sea lions. And now you're trying to kill yourself down your own stairs. I mean, but I'm not. Come I on. wasn't trying to listen. I wasn't trying to kill myself. Right. So I did it before. So it's it's. All right, so like I told, I, I tell people like I'm I'm more safe than I might seem, right? So I, <laughs> I I have all the risks automatically like going in my head, and I'm playing like I'm it's like a chess game with me. I'm playing three moves ahead. If if some if if like say if I tip to the left or if I tip to the right, if I tip forward, I already have a plan what what I'm gonna do if that happens. But most of the time, when I do things, it might seem like. A dangerous idea for somebody else, but for me, it's safer because I know I kind of know how to not hurt myself. Basically, if that makes sense, I know what. I, I no, the only I no, I'm it going. doesn't. It doesn't. The only place that you are safe is in a bloody boxing ring. That's about the only place you're safe. Um, listen, I'm. 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 There's a couple of things. I I know you're you're in LA at the moment. Are the mm-hmm. National Guard patrolling everywhere at the time uh, at the moment or not? No, I don't. I don't see them. You know, um, they still have the. Um, it's still a lot of people on the street, not walking around, um, but it's still a lot of cars out there driving, and you know, people walking around the neighborhood and stuff like that. But from what I mean, I guess it's not in my area where I live at. I don't see a national guard. I don't see nothing. Um, but of course, like all the schools and all that is out. But. I think a lot of people here are practicing. I read an article on a lot of people here in California are really, I think they're getting the rates down because a lot of people are practicing um, the social distancing. So yeah. I don't think we have a problem right now. Mm. Um, and and in, in terms of, sorry, it's my stock question. Adam knows what I'm going to ask. Go for it. Um, I, hope, I hope you're not putting on weight. I know you like your food. You're a New Orleans um mm-hmm. uh what have you got in your fridge right now um kind of all the same stuff really to be honest i have that cook for me and stuff so i mean i eat i mean my wife is from brazil so we eat a lot of beans and rice black beans rice and um uh, like chicken steak beef um we eat like stroganoff um uh, i always got something new on the stove basically like all the time every time because i have people that cook for me so I have something different on the stove all the time. Of course, we have some snacks for the kids, but 
I'm not really a snack person too much. I'm not. I'm just. I'm into real food. That's what I'm into. Like my whole when I came up in New Orleans, like I ate snacks a lot. So mm-hmm. now I'm not really into snacks. Like the only time I really eat snacks is if um like I'm watching like Netflix or something like that, and I'll eat popcorn. Popcorn is like my my snack, my thing that I really like to snack on, and like pistachios and almonds well, well, and all that type of stuff. But as far as like well, all the chips well, and all that, like I'm. My kids, they they take advantage of that, but me, I really don't do it too much. So what's the what's the Netflix recommendation at the moment for us then? He's watching Tiger right King. Right now, it's the, the, the Tiger King. That's it, man. Oh, it's, all the, it's all about the Tiger God. King. Hey, hey, that. Those, uh, is that are those people real or is that a mockumentary? Come on, no, is it's, that real? It's real. It's real. It's real. Wow. I know people that've been to the other safari, the 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 Myrtle Beach. In Carolina, that's that's definitely right. I know people. I was actually, as a fact, they hit me up on Instagram to come over there, and I was supposed to go. So um, that's definitely yeah. That's 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 real. You go in with the tigers and the lions when you went in there. I, or no? I want one. I want one. No, Man, he's going full Mike Tyson. You know, Mike Tyson. Hang on a minute. And I'm going to get one once I get my ranch. Like I want. Um, I'm, I plan on getting a ranch uh, back in, in Texas. And once I get my ranch, I'm going to definitely get something like that. Either tiger, elephant, or something. I'm going to get something. I, I'm telling my a wife. tiger or like, an elephant? To... How the <laughs> hell are you going to look after an elephant? I don't know. They did it, so I can do it. That's how I look at things. They did it. They, the people on Myrtle Beach, he had an elephant. I think I want an elephant also. Elephant, a, a hippo, an elephant, a uh, Something. That's, I want something. A hippo, an elephant, and a, an alligator, tiger. This is this is the Rougarou in full swing right yeah. now. I'm telling you, he's going for it. Oh my god! Oh, yeah, you know that the hippo is the most dangerous animal in Africa. It kills more people than any I, other. I, know, I, I know, went I down know, a river yeah, in Ethiopia, most, Regis. Yeah, the hippos are the most dangerous I went, animals. I know. They are never the fought a Rougarou, though. Ne- a hippo has never fought a Rougarou. I'm telling you now. Oh, God. <laughs> Listen, I'm Regis, losing my if... mind here. I'm losing yeah, my mind. Same, same. Listen, Regis, before we let you go, I, I know that obviously uh, we're living in this time of social media and people can't necessarily uh, get together. I've noticed that uh, Maurice, who you're supposed to be fighting next week, has, uh, has been saying a few things about you. What do you make of it all as you uh, hopefully get this fight rearranged at some point? My whole thing, man, I'm kind of done talking about Maurice Hooker. Um, I, I don't even, I know he he's saying stuff and I just, for me, listen, it's just like, all right, you talking, you know, like, okay, you know, like, I just, for me, it's like, all right, just keep talking. So that's why I posted something on them, like, all right, like, I just can't wait to, you know, like, everything is over with this pandemic, and then we really can get it back on, you know, and and I kind of don't want to really keep talking about him because um, I, I know he said that, all right, he doesn't do the internet stuff, and he's going to see what, what he's gonna, what I'm going to say when, you know, when it's live, and I'm I'm saving all my stuff for when I see him again. That's the thing. So I'm I'm going to you know I think like this press conference you know when when we do have it it's gonna be it's gonna be very very interesting because you know I'm kind of I'm kind of saving all my energy all my stuff for when I see him again then you know it's gonna be you know it's it's gonna be it's gonna, I think it's gonna be very very interesting. Can't wait to oh, see. Oh, he said against, it. He's uh... been saying Adam. Remember Adam? He's been saying Maurice that he's gonna put Rougeri on his ass. Yeah, yeah, they've been yeah. He's been saying all kinds of stuff. So it's like, all right, you know, like all right, just keep keep talking. You know, you will keep talking. And I'm a, you know, for me, I'm I'm just gonna keep working. That's all I'm gonna do. So let him keep talking. And I I know he said, like I said, he said that um, 
he doesn't do the internet stuff and let's see how in person. It's like, all right, I'm 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 gonna leave the internet stuff alone. I just posted one thing and that's it. I don't even want to talk about Maurice Hooker no more. When this person, then you know, when we face to face, then you'll see. Then you'll see me come alive. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The next British fighter that could be crowned world champion is Luke Campbell. He is taking on Javier Fortuna for the WBC lightweight championship of the world. That belt is currently vacant. And he was supposed to be fighting on Regis Progress undercard in a couple of weeks' time in Washington, D.C. Again, that's not going ahead. We caught up with Luke Campbell at the weekend to find out what the state of play is with that fight. A little birdie yeah. tells me, and this hasn't come from you or anybody at Matchroom, but maybe you can shed some light on it, that the that you've already had preliminary talks about the rescheduling of that maybe happening in Hull. Any truth? Um... There could be a possibility in it. Um, I've had a little run away, possibly um, a little talk of it. Mm. Um, but hopefully, you know, we can shine some light on that um, in the next coming weeks. That'd be fantastic, that. If you could get that rescheduled and get it for the for the whole oh, fans. That'd be amazing. Especially in Hull, that'd be unbelievable. Yeah, uh, it'd be amazing. Uh, and obviously, I get to it in England where all, the, all my supporters and fans can be there. So that would be amazing. How have you found the period of time? Obviously, I just mentioned that the fight it was due next week. So how, how have you found yeah. this period now, mate? Is it a case of setting up the gym in the garage or something and keeping yourself ticking over? Because you know full well that once the, the ban is lifted, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a short period of time and you're back in and hopefully fighting for that world title straight away. Yeah, that's it. Um, you know, you've you got to be um, you got to be a bit strong-minded. You've got to keep ticking yourself over. Keep yourself in cheer, you know, um, and just be ready. I mean, this isolation and everything—it's 
it's kind of a little bit like training camp in a way because when you're in training camp, all you do is eat, sleep and train. You know, yeah. you don't go out, you know, you, you're not out on the weekends. You certainly are out during the week because you're training so hard, you're too tired. Hmm. So it's, it's, it's this staying in like not that different from just a training camp. Apart from the fact that uh, you've obviously got to do a bit of homeschooling there as well with a young family and what have you, which lessons are you in, in charge of, mate? I'm assuming that you're, you've taken control of PE. Um, yeah. Is there any other subjects that you're taking control of? <laughs> well, well, I was in charge of a few different ones, but um, the wife's just dropped me to PE now. Right, so, okay. So what, what, what were you looking after? Taking, I'm not capable of taking year two maths uh, and year five English. I'm, I'm, I'm just solely down to PE. <laughs> I think there's a lot of there's a lot of people that are the exact same boat, aren't they? You know what I mean? You've got the young'uns at home. I know that for a lot of the young'uns, they think that it's a holiday, but you've got to keep them ticking over as well. You've got to keep them their minds yeah. going with all the schoolwork and what have you. It, it, it's hard. I think, you know, it's... I think... I think that kids need a routine. And yeah, absolutely. That otherwise, they're just, you know, they're bouncing off the walls, especially mine. Um, so they, 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 re- they really need, like, a schedule, a routine, and, you know, not letting them go to bed super late at night and getting up yeah. late. You know, I think you've got to have a bit of structure in there. Obviously, you have time off. Yeah. But there needs to be that structure in there as well. Mr. Campbell's PA. Do you get him to call you sir? <laughs> when it's class time. <laughs> if I ask them to do something, I'm asking them three or four times at least before they actually do it. So that famous note. The evening, Luke. That famous notebook of yours could come in handy because you could show them how you're meticulous in making notes on everything. Yeah. Yeah, that... I mean... I, at me talking to him about that type of stuff would go in one ear and shout out the other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Dad, I don't uh, care what you did. That's, <laughs> that's exactly what it would be. Um, look, I know you're very close to your to your wife. I mean, she's always very, very close to you on fight nights, and even when you're not fighting and you're at events, um, the boys aren't often there as well um, yet because they're not big enough. But um. I know how mentally strong you are. I've known you a long time. Yeah. Um, the last time we saw you out was that amazing night where, that we were all working um, when you fought Vasil Lomachenko, an extraordinary fight, uh, an incredible Thanks. fight. By the time... Oh, no, it was brilliant. And by the time you come back, you will have been out almost a year. Now, I know that you will have mentally digested that. What will you have learnt in that year out? Um, you know, I was only talking about this earlier on. I was saying, like, during this isolation, like, what do you want to come out of this with? Um, you know, I was just having a chat earlier on, and I was saying, like, I, I want to study a little bit more. I want to be, I want to become a better boxer. Um, so in this time, I want to learn a couple of new things. And I want to be, I want to come out of this a better fighter. I do believe that from that Lemachenko fight, that that was the making of me because everyone says it was a great performance. And I do look at that fight and all I see is, wow, I'm not doing this, I'm not doing that. I can, mm. I can be so much better. So just, I guess it's just a, 
um, I'm a lot of studying of myself. Who am I? What am I? What am I good at? What shots do I throw well? Like, um, and just figuring out who I am and what I can do best, and just working to my, my strengths and obviously whatever weaknesses I have as well, build them too during this during this time. Mm. What do you crazy. make? I spoke to. I sorry, Ed, just one other thing. I spoke to Tiafimo Lopez in the week. Um, he's down. He's just battled a tornado, believe it or not, in Arkansas. It destroyed half the the, the, the buildings around him. He wow. says, and I don't necessarily agree with him. I don't agree with him on this. He says that he will give Vasil... I know you want another fight with Vasil Lomachenko. He says when he fights Vasil Lomachenko, he will give him no respect. And he, 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 he went in depth with me. We spoke for half an hour. And he said, and I don't agree with him, he said that even... Luke Campbell gave Vasil Lomachenko too much respect. Please discuss those two things. And has he got a chance against Vasil Lomachenko? Um, what what people say and what people do can be two completely different things. I dis uh, I disagree with him slightly about him saying he's not going to give Lomachenko respect. The only reason I do disagree with that is because. You'd be a fool not to to give someone mm. of that calibre respect. Now there's now now there's a difference between giving someone respect, letting them do what they want to do, and mm. giving them respect, meaning all right, I know the accomplishments, I know what you've achieved, and I think that's fantastic. You know, the, this, there's two different there's two different kinds there. For me, in my first round, I think well, for me in the fight I give him. I won the first round, so what respect did I did I give him for letting him do what he does? If you know what I mean, I didn't give him respect, thinking, "Oh no, I'm in awe of this guy, and he's he's amazing, and blah blah blah." I went out there and I hit Lemachenko in the first round. I hit him mm, with mm. a shot, and I seen his legs go, and I got a little bit excited inside, and I was saying to myself, "Don't rush in. You need to play this smart," you know, and. For, I barely hit him with that, that same shot that connected in the first round again because he's, he's a very smart fighter. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I do disagree with him saying he's not going to give him respect because when he's stood in front of him and he's doing what he's doing, he, he Lemuschenko will get respect. Sorry, Ed, you go. Do you give Tiafimo a chance in that fight? I mean, obviously, it's a world title unification. It's a monster fight, which we're all excited about seeing. Um, how do you see it playing out, Luke? I think if if Lopez sits sits in with him on the inside, then um, I think Lemachenko will get a late stoppage. Hmm. Um, it, you need good footwork, fast feet in and out. Um, with Lemachenko. Now, if he's going to sit on the inside with him and, and work mid-close to close-range quarters with him, then I think uh, it's Lemachenko's night um, in every department in that in that area because of the footwork aspect of things and just the smartness. Um, you know, it's Lopez. I think Lopez might be going in there over the attitude, thinking I'm a bigger, stronger guy. Yeah, um, correct. That could that could Correct. probably get him knocked out having that type of attitude. Mm. 
Yeah, maybe, maybe. Listen, before we let you uh, clear off with the rest of your evening, my friend, I, I notice uh, that you've, uh, you, you are uh, feeding the 5,000 in, in these times. You've set up a business, uh, a clean eating business. Is it called Feast? Is that right? Yes, that is talk right. To, yeah. talk, talk, talk us through it. Is this, uh, is this the pension fund? Is this where we're going once uh, you decide to pack in boxing? Yeah, I mean, not necessarily. I just love the concept. And here in Hull, we, there, there isn't nothing um, here where you can actually get healthy takeaway to your door, like a nice yeah. piece of salmon with vegetables, halloumi, um, all that type of stuff, um, chicken, just healthy, fresh products um, that, are, that are cooked, uh, to, you know, and delivered to you. Usually, you just the takeaways. You're going to get yeah, pizza, kebab and pizza, and kebabs, yeah, exactly, yeah. Burgers, which is and you know, which is nice now and again. Exactly. But I guess for the most people, when you come home and you try, it, it is a battle to eat clean. It, yeah, you know, it's it's not easy to eat clean. But you come home, you've had a long day at work, and you come home and you think, oh, I can't be bothered to cook. Oh, let's just get a takeaway. And then all yeah. there is on the takeaways is pizzas, kebabs, Chinese, Indians. Well, actually. We, we can still eat clean, uh, but also, obviously, the taste and, uh, and the quality is, is next to none as well. That has to be there with it. Now, on the 24th of April, Shannon Courtney was back in action. She had five fights last year. She had one scheduled for late April and late May. Activity is this girl's key thing. So without that activity, how's she getting on? We gave her a call at the weekend for a chalk. I feel like it's had this young lady on the, the show. She was supposed to be out, like I said, on the 24th of April. Uh, and then again on the undercard of Derek Chisora, those two fights postponed. So let's check in with her. Shannon Courtney, how are you? You okay? I'm good, guys. Yeah? Yeah, very well indeed. Very Listen, good, de- thank you. I am, I'm delighted as well, by the way, that you've, uh, that you've located and identified the dog that is making a mess on your front garden. Oh, uh, my God. Oh, Doris. Yes. What's been going on there? Just, 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 for, just for the listeners that are not too well fair with everything that you've been putting on your social media, just give us a little bit of an update. There's been a dog causing havoc in your garden. Is this right? There's a dog that has been continuously for about three months going for a toilet on my front garden. Mm. And the one good thing that has come out of isolation is yep. I've been able to monitor who it is and it is Doris across the road. I can, I can just imagine you with your binoculars in your front, in your uh, maybe in the bedroom window there, just having a little bit of a look out, you know, on the walkie-talkies. I've literally been peeking yeah. out of my kitchen window like Mickey Flanagan yeah. for the last couple of weeks. That's it, keeping an eye on them, whoever's, whoever it is, whoever's cocking the leg in the garden. Right, that's it, I've got them now. The only problem is, is that you can't go over and give Doris a bit of a telling off because of isolation, two-metre rules. So maybe once all this is done, you can have a Well, word. I didn't put a bin out for her last night, so that would teach you a lesson. <laughs> uh, there you go like I said 24th of April you were uh, you were due to be out and uh, again yep. on the uh, Derek Chisora card last year I think you fought what was it five times you fought last year so yeah. activity's been a real big thing for you so how how are you finding this particular moment right now of inactivity not being able to get out and about and do your thing uh, I'm, I'm being honest about it I'm struggling very I'm struggling a lot it's hard because I I get severe anxiety anyway. That's why I'm constantly in camp. That's why I'm constantly training because it keeps me keeps me busy. So to go from being full swing in camp, sparring going perfect, nutrition on point, feeling mm. fit with two fight dates to going into being locked in your house 24 hours a day and I live on my own, yeah. it's testing time. So I'm trying my hardest to stay 
professional and stay positive at the same time. But it is hard. I don't know about you, Shannon. I had a conversation last night because on, on Fridays we do a football show with Mickey Graham. We were having a conversation about feeling a bit guilty about talking about mental health at this moment because there's people out there who are working for the NHS. They're on the front line. They are facing some real battles on a day-by-day basis. There's obviously people that have been infected with coronavirus uh, and families that are not able to see those people that are infected. And and that's real. You know what I mean? They're, they're the real problems. Yeah. And, you, and, you, and you want to put all your attention onto that, no question about it. But for a for everybody in the country, there are certain people, let's say, who have problems with anxiety, problems with depression, problems with any type of mental health. It's only going to be exacerbated right at this moment because of lockdown. And those problems are going to, they're going to be timed by 10. I personally feel guilty talking about it a little bit because of the, the bigger picture. I don't know how you feel. Of course, there's, there's definitely the bigger picture. You know, I've, I've known people that have, that have died in the last week. I've, I've known a few people that have died from coronavirus and your heart goes out to the families, but the death rate is, is horrendous, but yeah. so is so is the suicide rate at the moment and people aren't talking about it. And yes, there's a much bigger problem right now that we're as a country trying to fight, but we need to also take into consideration that the suicide rate is extremely high because people are depressed and they're stuck in their homes and they're losing loved ones. So as a nation, if we can pull together and try and support one another, not just through coronavirus, but throughout mental health, especially at times like this, then hopefully this is something that we can take away from this this entire experience. Yeah, I agree. Well, I know, I know, Shannon, that you're incredibly patient at the moment, and I'm going to confess something now. You know what it is. I yeah. spoke to you <laughs> earlier in the week. We did a <laughs> we did a video recording. We planned it the night before. We 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 did the whole thing. You were amazing for half an hour, and I forgot to press the record button. Didn't oh, I? My um, <laughs> oh my uh, <yeah>. days! Oh my days! So so, Shannon, Shannon Shannon at this point didn't shout, scream and shout at me. Didn't ignore me later on. She redid the interview later That's on. It was even better. And it's out there on, yeah, exactly, bless her. It was out there on YouTube. But one of the big things you revealed to me, and I think this is why you're so mentally strong now, is that you had your own wake-up call a couple of years ago. Um, I, I, I cannot believe this when I say it. You fight at 53 kilos now, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I know you're a lady, but you, but you weighed 83 kilos when you first took kilos. up. 85, all right, wow. sorry, 85 kilos, four stone heavier than you are now. Tell us that story because people won't believe how you changed your life around at that time. I just literally was sick and tired of being so, you know, unhappy. I hated the way that I looked. I was drinking volatile amounts, smoking heavy, partying. I was always the loudest in the room purely because I was so unhappy with my life and I was so unconfident that I would be loud to try and overcompensate for my own insecurities mm-hmm. and then I just I was just sick of it in the end and then obviously I found boxing and I the minute I walked into Finchley ABC I knew this is where I was meant to be and this is I, I never had a purpose before and I, I always wanted to find like a reason why I was here and then it was almost like boxing was my reason boxing was my my why you know what I mean so I just from that day since that day, my life has completely changed. And it's made me a mentally but even, person. But I've, I still have down days, like every other person. I'm still yeah. human. But you even, even then, though, because you're in such a rut, you told me the other day when we did the recording that 
first few boxer size sessions you you were you were even nipping outside for a fag and you and, yeah. and you even went drunk drunk to one that's session even went, though that, that all changed for, very... um that wasn't at finchley abc that's when i went to like boxer size classes with mm-hmm. trying like get fit and try and sort my head out a little bit but, yeah no i made out i was going outside i was going to the toilet and i didn't i went outside for fag and was sick because i was so unfit <laughs> Mm, mm. But but you but what's brilliant about last year and you and we've had you in the studio and you're a wonderful person and you're a terror baby faced assassin you're a terror <laughs> in the ring. What I've loved is how popular you've become over the last year, um, and that must be gratifying to you to to get genuine attention now um, in 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 our industry where people when they're real they get the love. You must be feeling that 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 people are enjoying you. Yeah, it's nice because I've I've only ever just been myself and I'm very, you can tell straight away, I'm very honest and I'm very just upfront and I say the truth. I don't try and mask over things. And because I've only been in boxing for the last few years and I've not got this massive, massive Olympic background, etc., people probably find me a little bit easier to relate to. And because I've just, I've just gone out there and just purely been myself and there's no gold medals and I finish as someone who's worked their arse off really I'm not talented I just work extremely hard people probably find that a little bit easier to to relate to Hmm. Shannon you said at the start of this obviously you are struggling and there's a lot of people obviously listening to this that are struggling at this particular time because your mind's active your body's active you're used to being active and obviously having structure in your day so what type of things are you doing just to just to cure that boredom just to keep you ticking over to keep your mind active uh, during the lockdown I've just been doing loads of running. Well, for today I went for a 15-kilometre run, but I've, I've, I've started wow. doing it this week. I go for like a long run, but I stop yeah. halfway. I find a really nice, a nice like scenic view almost, and I stop and I just sit there for five minutes. Obviously not with anybody, and I just kind of count my blessings and realise what I've got to be grateful for and thankful for, and then. You know, there's people that have got that are losing family members out there, and we're yeah. complaining that we've got to sit indoors. You yeah. know, take realize that we are blessed and that our families are safe, and just stay at home and get through this time together. And the sooner we all stay indoors, the sooner this will be over, and the more lives we can save. Our final guest at the weekend was the man that has stolen the internet. That's right, he's not even thrown a punch during lockdown. But he's out there making content that's making the world smile. The former WBO heavyweight champion of the world, Joseph Parker. Or should we say, Joseph Spielberg Parker. Here he is. Good morning from New Zealand. Good morning from New Zealand indeed. Listen, I know, I can hear it in your voice, mate, that you're already concocting a third video. Come on, give us a little bit of an insight. What, what are you going to do? <laughs> what are you making for us third time round? <laughs> Listen, we've had uh, three videos and um, they've had some good feedback. You know, the, the, the aim for the videos were at this hard time, just put a smile on people's faces or give them something to laugh at. And I guess we've achieved that goal. So at the moment, there's no videos and, um, you know, there's no ideas yet. But once we do get our ideas, we'll, you know, we'll be working on them straight away. Mate, the toilet roll thing this week with the Neighbours theme tune was absolute. <laughs> it was absolutely ridiculous. So I was crying with laughter watching it. Brilliant. How, who's, who's the team? Because obviously you're all in isolation at the moment. Who's the team? Who's making it? And who's shooting it? Who's putting that together? Because it's brilliant. It's like it's Hollywood stuff. 
Yeah, listen, I, I got a small bubble here in New Zealand. We're in isolation and, uh, you know, on lockdown at the moment. I got my, my, my partner, our kids. My sister helps out with the, uh, doing some groceries because I can't really leave the house. And then I have my one of my closest friends, and also he does the filming for me. His name is Kieran. He, he does groceries for us as well. So whenever he comes and drops off groceries, he comes with his, with his nice camera. And, then, you know, we, we kick around some ideas. And then, boom. You know, we come up with some great ideas and start shooting. <laughs> I love that. Do the groceries and let's make a film. <laughs> it's the best yeah. thing. <laughs> That's what he does. And listen, he's the best editor. It's absolutely I mean, brilliant. He's got some great ideas. He, he shoots it and he edits it together. All I need to do is bust out the moves, contact my friends to send their clips. And, um, you know, and it's, and it's good to see everyone smiling and having a bit of a laugh. Did you, have you always done acting? When you were yeah, in school? Yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. Have you always done it? Have you because you're you're a dry sense of humour. The way that you deliver the punchlines, mate, are absolutely bang on. Have you always done it? Have you always done a little bit of dramatics? Uh, uh no, not really. I just you know, um, it's I've pro- it's probably always been there. I just haven't had the chance to do it. So, um, you know, and it's uh, this is a you know perfect time. And when I'm here at home, right, all I do is train, look after yeah. my kids, and spend a lot of time with them. And like like I said before, when you drop some groceries, um, kicking off some ideas, and start working with them. <laughs> I think Hollywood's going to be calling Gareth, aren't they? They're going to be giving this man a shout. He's definitely going to yeah, get a role once, once jo- this is all done. Yeah, yeah. Joseph, I'm sure, <laughs> like many other people, I watched the first video um, with you dancing. Um, I think I woke up early one morning. It, it, it had kind of landed overnight for us. And I've got to be honest with you, I probably played it 10 <laughs> times in a row. And it set me off. It's, it was so beautiful. It set me off listening to music most of the day, believe it or not. And you really had the desired effect. But what I most loved in the video was your little baby just <laughs> popping with his arms and or her arms and, and legs and being so excited watching Daddy dance. It was brilliant. And the way your wife delivered that dry line was extraordinary. <laughs> I mean... Oh. At home with the Parkers, I want the series. <laughs> listen, you, and, and it can't happen. <laughs> no, um, we listen. In our household, we love to play music, we love to dance, we love to have fun. And I guess with that first, um, the first video, it's, it's a great video. I mean, it's a great movie that love actually, right? And it's, it's a UK based film. Yeah. And I love the, the um, you know, uh, Hugh Grant acting. He's a great, you know, he did a great job in there, being the prime minister and all that. And I just wanted to. You know, from that movie, that scene sort of stuck out to me. And I was like, oh, man, you know what? We should do this. No, you did. And you smashed it. Are you... Absolutely. And and you've proved that you are a little bit of a romantic. <laughs> oh, listen, I can be. I can switch it on and switch it off. <laughs> Just like... <laughs> 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 and you've got the moves. Now, is there a chance that you may have another baby during this lockdown then? <laughs> Listen, I think it's a possibility for a lot of people. <laughs> Not just myself. Um, at the moment, no. <laughs> we'll see how it plays out. I can't believe you just asked him that. You're unbelievable, man. Listen, unbelievable. listen, I know Joseph. He spends long, remember, he spends long periods away um, with his trader Kevin in Las Vegas, and when he goes home, he normally has another baby. Isn't that right? Yeah. Well, listen, you're bang on. You know, you hit the nail, uh, nail on the head with that. Nearly. Every, every time I cheer, nearly every time I come back, I have three beautiful daughters, and you know what? I wouldn't mind adding more. Yeah, if I'm blessed with it. Absolutely, mate. Listen, before we let you, we've got to talk boxing because this is a boxing show. So let's. let's, let's... <laughs> 
<laughs> so, um, there's been loads of talk about about potential fights for you. Um, hopefully, once lockdown is over, I mean, you can get back to training and get back in uh, uh, in the ring, mate. What is the latest? Where are you at, at the moment? Because we know we we thought that you were heading in the direction of maybe fighting Derek. Derek's going to be maybe fighting Alexander Usyk. What was next for you? What's on the horizon, mate? Yeah, listen, I was I was fortunate to fight at the beginning of the year and I was planning on having a, a busy year, you know, two or probably three fights or four fights if I could. Um, I thought, unfortunately, that's changed due to yeah. you know, the, the virus. And that's not only for myself, that's for all the other fighters. I think there are a lot of fights lined up that has to be postponed. And this, it's, it's affected everyone. So um, I was looking at fighting in May or June um, and, and there was no opponent or there was no location. So um, in the meantime, I have no idea... Um, what the plans are for fighting-wise um, for myself and our team. And uh, so I'm just going to keep training and stay fit. And, and if they give me a call saying, hey, do you want to fight this guy or this guy, I'll be ready to take anyone. I, I want to fight. You know, when this is all over, I want to fight someone in the top five or top ten in the world. Yeah. And I want to get back to fighting for the world title as soon as I can. You know that you're going to have to spice up your ring walks now after that video, don't you? You know that you're going to have to moonwalk all the way in or something. <laughs> <laughs> or do the shuffle through. <laughs> not seen his content go and check it out it's on his twitter feed it's absolutely brilliant a couple of other things that you could check out this week whilst you're in self-isolation are these two fights that me and gareth picked out as a couple of our favorites i have it a two-point fight for taylor but it could easily be a draw or a one-point fight perhaps for carl franch at this point round 12 for the WBC Super Middleweight Championship of the World. Carl Frotch, the Englishman, wants to retain it. Jermaine Taylor, the former undisputed middleweight champion, wants to take it. Taylor with some crisp punching to start the round. Right hand staggers. Taylor, Taylor's in trouble. Frotch pouring it on. Taylor, he's ready to go. I re-watched that yesterday, Carl Froch versus Jermaine Taylor, from the start of the fight all the way through uh, to that dramatic finish at the end. And I find myself just yelling at the screen in the 12th round. Even though I know what's going to happen, I find myself absolutely just screaming, 
in my living room. Froch was coming off a win against Joan Pascal. That's where he won uh, the WBC title. It was vacant going into that fight. Jermaine Taylor had only just recently stepped up to super middleweight. He was also coming off a win. He beat Jeff Lacey for the title eliminator. Froch was ranked a little bit lower in the Ring Magazine rankings despite being the champion. And this was only the second time that he was fighting the United States. Uh, and as you just heard there, a barrage of punches by Froch caused the referee to stop the fight 14 seconds before the end. And as the commentating team were telling you there, Froch was down. At the end of the day, he was getting beat on points, but he absolutely threw the kitchen sink at it in the final round and came out victorious. It's one of the best finishes to a fight. I remember watching live. It was absolutely unbelievable. And if you've never seen Carl Froch, Jermaine Taylor, go and have a little bit of a nausea on YouTube and enjoy it because it's an absolute belter. What have you got for us, Gareth? Well, let me just add to that very quickly as well. I remember I was covering the London Marathon um, the next morning and I watched it. Only 15,000 people watched that fight, by the way, on TV. Because that fight with John Pascal and Frotch had been on ITV and they pulled the plug on boxing at the time. Mm. And it was on Premier Sports, I think it was. And you had to go and find it. I can remember covering it live and writing about it. It might not have been live. It might have been for the Monday paper. And I just remember... I mean, the commentary just there, by the way, was staggeringly brilliant as well. I've got to say that. I had him, I think, four rounds behind in that fight because Jermaine had peppered him with jabs all night and really, really outboxed him. That night showed that Carl Froch, at any point in any fight, could rescue victory from the jaws of defeat. And Absolutely. it was the beginning. It, well, I think it was the beginning, uh, Adam, of his amazing run when you think that he had um i mean everyone as you say remembers the last two george groves fights that really made him a ton of money um but his wins against lucian Butte and uh, michael kessler um arthur abraham glenn johnson andre Durrell, which was a very close fight carl yeah. is one of our modern greats at 12 stone there's no question about it Post-war, I think he's one of the best 10 boxers in the UK. No question about it. A run of 13 world title fights in a row. And I remember the late, great Manny Stewart turning to me one day and saying, that kid gets better and better because, and Manny said this, these aren't my words, he is a limited boxer with an extraordinary chin who just never relents. He reminds me of Dennis Andrews. And if no one's ever seen Dennis Andrews fight, again, a, a true warrior. I love the I love the Cobra. He's cobra me at times. He's had a pop at me at times. But I but I but I, I I've grown to be great friends with Carl and he has my ultimate respect. And you know what? He also tells it as it is. Sorry, I had to say something about Carl there. Because uh, I've even had my own street fight with him, remember, as well. So I do remember. Um, I do remember it was a mock that, yeah. it, it was a it, it was a mock street fight. But it was but no, he's brilliant fun. My fight, Adam. Go for it. Yeah, what have you got fight, for us? <laughs> my fight takes us back. And I and I want people to uh to 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 send us in their thoughts, by the way, about uh these fights tonight. My fight takes us back to 2007, one of the major events we've ever seen uh, in a British, a British boxer involved in. And it is Ricky Hatton, who was 43-0 at the time, fighting Floyd Mayweather, who was 38-0 for the number one pound for pound position in the world. Let's just have a listen before we chat about it. Blue moon. 
We are at last ready to go. Ricky Hatton has fought this fight in his head 1,000 times. Listen to the noise around this arena. But look how quickly Joe Cortez is getting in on the action. Oh, the jab! Knocks me with the right off balance. He looked troubled by that. It was a heck of a jab from Hatton, and it sent Mayweather reeling, and that has sent the British fans here wild. That is a big moment for Hatton. Joe Cortez is a little bit too busy. He was jumping in there before he knew if they were going to throw punches. Hope he's not going to be too busy and ruin Ricky Hatton's chances here. He's not giving Mayweather, though, the time for his slick skills. There's a right hand, though. there's another left hand, then another right. That's more, more what we're used to seeing from Mayweather. I'm just behind, I see some eye damage in Ricky's yes, Hatton is cut, Hatton is cut. When the pace slows, this pace, look at he's been crossing cleanly now. It's when the pace slows, then we really have to start worrying for Ricky Hatton. A point deducted for Hatton. Punching behind the head is what he's given that for. Ian Mayweather is pulling away from punches. He's ducking under punches. He is causing the fouls and Hatton has been punished for them. Really is the brawler against the boxer, isn't it? He's hot again. Look at here, he's got him again there. With some classy shots, looking for finishing punches. Maybe with another big right hand. Hatton's in big trouble here. I think the hand Oh, he's got him there. And Hatton is laid out on the floor. Only the second time he's ever been down. Can he get up from that? The eyes are slaying. His eyes are in orbit a bit. This is the finish, I think, now. Joe Cortez waves the fight off. Ricky Hatton is beaten for the first time in his career. And Floyd Mayweather puts the stamp on his greatness. And the dream dies for Ricky Hatton. Mayweather was just too classy, too good. It's a good one. It is a good one, my man. Oh, Adam. Oh, Adam, this was one of those events that I can remember so well because I did so much coverage of it. Remember, Floyd Mayweather had been on a on a tour here as well. Um, Ricky Hatton was at the peak of his powers. It was a thrilling contest. Floyd Mayweather was um, it was one of the dirtiest performances we've ever seen him using his elbows. Um, Ricky was cut in the third round, stopped as you hear there in the ninth. But it was the hugeness of the event we, we we have some massive events now but it was massive on the undercard these were winners for example danny jacobs danny garcia jeff lacy matthew hatton daniel ponce de leon tom jones sang the national anthem in the ring mm. calzaghi joe calzaghi versus bernard hopkins was made in the media room in fight week, you know yeah. the the, the yeah. gargantuan media room, the the vaulted media room, studios A and B. When Hopkins had an argument with Calzaghi, I was two feet away from him, and he said to Blue Moon, as you hear, Ricky was stepping up a division to fight for the ring welterweight and WBC welterweight titles. There were twenty five thousand fans. There were ten thousand fans watching the fight on big screens, in ballrooms all over Las Vegas. Even when Ricky was knocked out, they were still singing, uh, walking in a, in a hat and wonderland. When you go back to Vegas, and it's now 13 years ago, they still talk about it. Now that Tyson Fury's there, they still talk about the great days of Ricky Hatton coming. They make the bars dry. It was an extraordinary fight, an extraordinary build-up, an extraordinary week. It, it was just 
one of those amazing events. Unfortunately for Ricky, he couldn't do it. But we now know what Mayweather went on to do in the next 10 years. Now, it was an absolutely sensational week. And as you just said there, it was probably one of those... One of those weeks that anybody was there in and around it, it will live with them forever because not every man and his dog got a ticket for, for the fight, but there were a lot of people in that way, and it was the way in that really took my breath away. I don't know about you, Gareth. Yes, the atmosphere oh, fight yeah. night was sensational, but the atmosphere for the weigh-in, uh, that's the first time. I mean, we've been blessed to be at Conor McGregor weigh-ins. We've been blessed to see recently Tyson Fury weigh-ins over in America and how people travel and, uh, and travel for, uh, for a British and Irish fighter. But Ricky was the first person that I'd experienced that way. And I, it took my breath away, the amount of people that had turned up, not just for the Mayweather one, but for the Pacquiao one as well. But it was unbelievable, the amount of people that, that had turned up without a ticket just to be around that event. It was sensational. Do you know... Do you know what? My press pass, and obviously you would never do this, someone offered me, as I was heading down to the main floor, $15,000 wow. for my press pass. I mean, I'd never have worked again, and I would never do that. But I literally did have someone begging me to buy my press seat off me. Look, when you think about it that night, it was a really major event. Denzel Washington, Bruce Willis, Sylvester Stallone, Angel, jo, Angelona, uh, Angelina Jolie, Jolie. <laughs> Angelina Jolie, sorry, uh, um, Brangelina, Brangelina yes, were there. Yes, yes, um, yes. Wesley Snipes, Will Ferrell, Gwen Stefani, Jude Law, David Beckham was there. Um, it was just, it was massive. It was just, the whole thing was massive. I mean, I can remember, and this this goes back in the day, and I, I can never remember, it, uh, you know, the Telegraph was a broadsheet sports newspaper then, and we wrote, or I wrote, a four-page broadsheet pullout wow. just on that fight alone, you know? It was, I remember doing a piece with Ricky's mum, um, in Glossop, in the market in Derbyshire, where she used to sell carpets, her brother's carpet stall, and I did a, a, a big piece for Woman's Hour on Radio 4, um, just about Ricky's mum. Everybody was interested in everything, and she was there ringside with a little bottle of water, or do I mean vodka in the bottle of water? Nervous as hell. It, they, they were fantastic to be around. We had that closeness with Ricky as a group. Because remember, he'd been on this journey. He'd made it in the UK. He'd gone from WBU and uh, title at the time, the World Boxing Union that's barely around now. Um, and he'd been on this sojourn in America. He'd fought all over America. And we'd been on this journey with him and grown yep. close to him, a group of us as, as writers and broadcasters. And he always had a story. He'd talk about disappearing one night after a few drinks and end up wearing some woman's pink slippers with only his underpants, not knowing where he was, trying to get home. All kinds of weird stuff, you know? Ricky Hatton, legend. So there you have it. Frotch versus Jermaine Taylor. Ricky Hatton's trip to take on Floyd Mayweather. Go and have a little bit of a nosy of them on YouTube. And we will catch you next week. Make sure that you subscribe to us, though, via iTunes or via the TalkSport website because we're here every single Saturday night from 8 o'clock whilst the coronavirus pandemic is going on, talking to the biggest names in fight sports. Make sure you come and join us. If you can't do that live, do it via the podcast. We'll catch you next time.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.